Before we begin this episode, I just want to put a small like sensitivity warning on it. There is a mention of child abuse in this episode. Um, it's around the 18 minute mark. So just, yeah, skip that if that triggers something for you. And yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, let's get to it. Freedom of movement, freedom of residence, right to come, right to school, right to stay. Freedom of movement, freedom of residence, right to come, right to go, right to stay. Women power, women power. All others should be abolished. All others should be abolished. well in oneself then you can start turning your attention to helping others and since coming back to the UK I've been a lot better in myself sometimes I lose my way a bit but I heard once if it's not too patronizing a thing to say that you find your voice using it on behalf of those who have none and I believe in using your platform to help others so this episode I wanted to talk about love as solidarity welcome to love in the time of corona I'm Kate Checker. When we talk about love as solidarity, we are saying how can we reach out to our fellow human beings on this planet and help those who are struggling. This pandemic has thrown already existent inequalities into sharp relief. While the super rich flee to their private islands, the world's poorest struggle in overcrowded areas, making the long walks home. I've spoken to a friend in Nagpur in India who's been raising money to help the poor many of whom have had to make long journeys on foot back home from the cities to their villages in the burning heat. It is the biggest mass migration that the subcontinent has seen since partition. Over in the US, and also in the UK, COVID is claiming the lives of the poorest and people of colour the fastest. Often the essential workers, they are more at risk of contracting the virus. While the media cycle is occupied with the crisis, who knows what political dealings are going on underneath? Germany has been hailed as a success story, in spite of its numbers of deaths being much larger than countries such as South Korea and Vietnam, proving that our Eurocentricity remains intact. My mother, who has had enough of the nationalist sentiment, being roused by VE Day the other week, that's the day that marks the official end of World War II, uh, decided to hang a banner with many different flags, uh, including the Soviet Union, which means this banner is technically older than me, um, out our window. She has written the words, we're all in this together underneath. Are we all in this together, though? While the virus does not discriminate in its dealings, and we have all been subjected to, say, the lockdown rules, these, like all rules, do not apply to everyone evenly. Even social distancing is a privilege that some cannot partake in. My friend Sammy has been busy in Berlin with the movement Decolonize Corona Crisis and Leave No One Behind. So a couple of weeks ago, I messaged her and offered this space in support of these actions. So in this episode, we're going to hear the voices of various different activist groups, all talking about solidarity in this moment. And because I don't know that much about these things, I'm going to hand over now to Sammy, who is much better equipped to introduce this episode. So please enjoy Love as Solidarity. My name is Sammy. I'm a member of the Decolonize Corona Solidarity Action, which is an initiative started by members of the Berlin-based environmental and climate justice collective Black Earth and people from the wider network of environmental justice advocates across Germany and other European countries. We formed this action group with the direct purpose of spreading awareness on ways in which the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted especially vulnerable individuals and exasperated social and economic inequalities. Our goal is to highlight underreported inequalities within the pandemic in support of people and communities who are struggling due to current social and economic regulations or who are lacking access to needed resources. We found that the conversation around protection within the pandemic was very Eurocentric, 
meaning it was failing to include the realities faced by, for example, low-income migrant and refugee communities who are particularly vulnerable and often do not have the privilege to properly practice social or physical distancing. I'm thinking about the migrant communities just outside Berlin and Brandenburg and those in refugee camps on international borders, such as those in Greece, or detention centers for migrants in the United States. We also aimed to shift the conversation to include those affected by inequalities related to, for example, climate change and capitalism, promoting a more intersectional perspective of the crisis. Economic inequalities are a root cause of health and environmental inequalities globally, often forcing people to choose between basic needs. So through the use of online campaigns and art activism, we aim to spread awareness of these injustices to promote the importance of social global solidarity. The first part of our action was to apply for funding from foundations in Germany. We raised 4,000 euros this way, and we then dispersed that money to various solidarity campaigns that we either created ourselves in support of specific groups or campaigns that had been shared um, with us within our networks. We also did a banner painting action um, where we got together and um, painted some banners using some of our some of these inequalities, highlighting some of these inequalities, and we hung those banners in different parts of Berlin. Photos of the banners were then shared on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the hashtag #DecoloniseCoronaCrisis. A call for action was then made in various groups, chats, and activists' email lists asking people to follow the hashtag, like and share the content on their own pages, and participate by grabbing what they had at home to make a sign and post it using the hashtag and some words of their own. And this action is is ongoing, so um, if you're listening, I encourage you to grab what you have at home and um, make a sign using the Decolonize Corona Crisis hashtag and share with us what inequalities you've been seeing and that are on the top of your mind at the moment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So our aim is to continue the conversation in the next months and to connect the inequalities highlighted by the pandemic to those relevant to the climate and environmental justice crises that the world has been facing for decades. Being part of an activist community to help someone that is in need. This is all to say that solidarity or leaving no one behind, to me, really looks like using the privileges that we do have. May it be time, money, emotional capacity, or just being part of an activist community where you can spread these sort of messages with the support of others. It, yeah, it means using these privileges to help someone that's in need. It means listening to those people. It means being critical of and questioning solutions to complex problems to ensure that they are encompassing the needs of the most vulnerable members of our societies. It means pushing these conversations within our individual circles so that such understandings slowly become more intuitive and, dare I say, mainstream. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you'd like to get in touch uh, you're welcome to reach out at sammyb at riseup.net. And yeah, I hope you're staying healthy. My name is Kenneth Okonkwo. I am from Lagos, Nigeria. I am a trained agricultural expert and I initiated the Lagos COVID-19 Prevention Hygiene Project. To me, solidarity means being able to help others. It means being able to show support for the vulnerable, for the less privileged, for the elderly, for those who don't have, for those who need in times of crisis and challenges like this. And I've showed this with my group through the COVID-19 Prevention Hygiene Project.
in Lagos. This project was aimed to help reduce the spread and transmission of COVID-19 in Lagos, Nigeria, being the epicenter of the virus in the country. With over 5,000 cases reported and confirmed in the country, of a particular concern is how COVID-19 might affect people living in precarious environments, such as the homeless persons, people living in high-density slums, and those in low-income and underserved communities in Lagos State, Nigeria. Reports have shown that over 60% of the residents of Lagos are poor and live in over 100 slums and informal settlements that are scattered across the city. These people live under harsh, unhygienic and overcrowded conditions where their access to healthcare, social amenities and safe water is already compromised. Many of them live below the poverty line and could not afford protective healthcare materials such as the nose mask, the hand sanitizers, disinfectants and soap that could have helped them protect themselves against the virus. This makes them particularly vulnerable during this health crisis. If COVID-19 begins to be transmitted in fragile settings like this, it will be practically impossible to contain in the country. However, if we are going to stand a chance against the spread of the virus in these fragile settings, it is very important to ensure that they have the means to protect themselves, including self-isolation in case of contact with a person infected with COVID-19, and also ensuring access to safe water, soaps, hand sanitizers, and face masks, while also sensitizing and educating them about the virus, its protective measures, such as washing of their hands often. This we achieved through this project, whereby we distributed over 5,000 face masks, hand gloves, sanitizers, soaps for hand washing and disinfectants across several scattered settlements in Lagos and also at various slums and underserved communities, reaching over 6,000 persons. Solidarity in times of corona means we must face the challenges together. It means we are affected as a community and we must solve this together as a community. This is a time to show our resourcefulness. This is a time to carry out initiatives to support one another. Solidarity in times as these means we must shoulder the burden of preventing infection together and curb the risk of infection as much as possible. Even when someone is affected by the disease, we should consider this a blow to our society. We should consider it a defeat to our society and we must come together to do our best to help them overcome the virus. No one should be left behind in times as this. No one should be left behind. We all must come together and overcome this as a community. And after I studied history for about six years, I somehow became a consultant for privacy protection, which is somehow a weird mix. Yeah. Anyway, I love dancing and I really love justice. And next to me is the gorgeous Lydia. Thanks for the nice introduction, Esther. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, yes, yeah, so you're gorgeous too, by the way. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, so I'm Lydia. I'm a content creator, half German, half Ghanaian, and I love dancing too, especially nice. house dancing. 
and um, yeah, I'm a justice advocate like Esther is, and we are together active for the organization IJM. Yeah, we are both ambassadors, and now you might think, what is IGM and what are ambassadors? IGM is actually the biggest anti-slavery organization in the world, and it has the very ambitious goal to end modern slavery by 2030. That's so cool. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, really cool. And you might think that is very ambitious, especially if you consider that there are over 40 million people in modern slavery Crazy. today. Um, but IGM has a really good solution in three steps how to actually end it. The first step is to find the people enslaved, to free them and to strengthen them in their freedom. And then second of all, to bring the criminals into court and have them sentenced. And then third of all, and finally, and a very important step is to strengthen the legal system so that it will not happen again. And the first time I heard it, I was just so enthusiastic about this concept that I decided to become an ambassador and to tell the world about this way how to end modern slavery. And Lydia, I think for quite pretty much the same reason, also became an ambassador. Yeah, that's right. I mean, fighting justice is very close to my heart. But I became an ambassador actually when I went to California for the Justice Conference. Oh, wow. And there were so many cool organizations talking about how we can make justice possible in these times. And one of them was IJM. And um, yeah, I went back to Germany to actually apply to their offices, but I became an ambassador instead. Which is very, very good as well. Yeah. And since a couple of years we are together in Berlin uh, working as ambassadors, And especially now in Corona times, we have become really, really active because on the one side in our society right now, it's really important to uh, have solidarity with the people around us and to leave no one behind. That's, that's a very important slogan. And for us an, as ambassadors, it is very important not only to consider the people in our neighborhood and to take care of them, but also to take care of the people on the other side of the world who are much more vulnerable and in this crisis actually really, really struggle. And not only for having an income, but actually for them, it's life and death. Yes, Esther. I mean, social isolation has increased the demand for online sex trafficking, also called cyber exploitation. And that is when child abusers who stay at home give orders over the internet of how a child should be sexually taken advantage of and watch this via stream. And this is mostly happening in the dark web. So why is that happening? When people are financially struggling and the poorest lose their jobs, the parents think of other ways of how to make an income. And then children tend to become more isolated and less linked to supportive networks. And especially children in remote areas or in refugee settings are at the highest risk of becoming vulnerable to exploitation. And it is that ECPAT and Interpol are observing increased numbers of exploitation. And IJM is working with partners to actively investigate the cases, but they also supply basic needs like continued aftercare, food and housing. But they also launched a campaign called Unsafe in Lockdown, which is drawing attention to that topic. And we, as the extension in Berlin of the international organization, thought, okay, what can we do to support this work? And our thinking was, we must raise attention and we need to raise the funds to keep this important work going. So what we did was organize a film night where we showed a short movie about Joy, a girl who's sexually exploited online by people close to her. And she's rescued years after by IJM. And I think the movie shows really well how... IGM is working closely together with social workers yeah. and law enforcement. It was very impressive. It was very impressive. But, but I think, in my opinion, the most impressive thing was that she was actually becoming an activist herself and she was making it her mission to leave no one behind. And, and I thought that protect. was so strong. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, very impressed by, by the speech that she gave. We only heard a very small part of it. But it was just so motivating and so encouraging to stand up and be active and to not leave these children behind who are so, so vulnerable. Yeah, Esther. I mean, now thinking back, I have been to the Philippines in 2008 and I was working together with girls who have been sexually exploited. Sounds challenging. It was. 
It definitely was. And I was only 18 years old, but I managed. What I could witness, though, is that the consequences that the abuse had on the girls was very far-reaching because it affected so many areas of their lives, like mm -hmm. their health, their relationships, but also their education and their careers. So it has just a very big consequence. And when I compare it to, for example, a small business here in Germany, that will recover one way or the other. And we see that the German state is also doing its best to help those small businesses. But for the girls' lives to recover, it will actually take a lifetime. And I think I can speak for everyone in our group here that, yes, Corona has affected us um, somehow, but not that it goes to the core of what a person can endure. So to us, it was, right, Esther? Yeah. Um, it was only natural to do something and show solidarity with the ones who are most affected by the virus. Yeah, it is very important for us not to leave these children behind, both boys and girls. And that's why in the last couple of weeks, we actually have been active as we have never been before. And True. Yeah, for example, you started an online flea market basically out of nothing. Yeah, so online flea market was actually initiated because we thought, okay, we have all these clothing and there's not going to be a flea market outside. Let's take it online. Uh -huh. And we actually decided that all of the proceeds, 100% of it, are going to the project Unsafe in Lockdown. And um, so far, the flea market has been going really well. And yes, everyone who's listening, we are all inviting <laughs> you um, to yeah um, shop by at our flea market, Kreiderkreisel, Kleiderkreisel and eBay Kleinanzeigen. And yeah, you can find all the information on our Instagram page, IJM underscore Berlin. Yeah, and don't forget, we're also on Facebook with IGM Berlin. True, true, true. <laughs> Give us a like. Yeah, we would be very happy about that. So that's a really easy way how you guys can become active. Um, it's maybe not up to you to make an online movie session, but just shopping or funding us or donating money to IGM or any other organization that works against cybersex trafficking of children would be great. Inform yourself about the topic, inform others, mm -hmm. and maybe see what you can do from home. I mean, we don't expect you to go to the Philippines and to rescue the people, though it's very impressive that uh, the police actually are still doing that. So during Corona, during the lockdown, they have freed a couple of children. And yeah. One man was sentenced, one criminal um, who had been on the other side, so he the one paying for the exploitation of children, was sentenced to 18 years of prison. Was he in the Philippines? No, he was in Australia. In Australia, wow. So the Australian law actually sentenced him to 18 years? Yes. That would never happen in Germany. No, in Germany it's rather like two to three months and not even in prison. I actually don't want to hear this information. <laughs> that, that makes me so sad, seriously. Yeah, it makes it me so, I think German law can do much better about this. Yeah, but that's uh, also one of the nice things about IDM. So one of the things that they do is to lobby as well. So to go to politicians and um, show them what is happening, what uh, child exploitation is happening, and to ask them to change the laws so that their hardest sentences for these crimes. Yeah, true. I actually find it really cool that in our group everyone has found their own way to somehow contribute. Yeah. Um, and everyone uses his or her talent to actually make this successful. And yes. Yeah, so that we show solidarity and don't leave anyone behind. Thank you.
The voices you can hear are from an online demonstration organized by Women in Exile. You can find the full, almost two-hour length stream moderated by Jane, Doris and Sarah on YouTube. I have taken parts of this recording and edited them to paint a picture of how the refugee camps in and around Berlin and beyond are dealing with the threat of corona. The recording isn't so clear at points because it was taken from a live stream video audio, but I've edited it for clarity as best to my ability. The shouts you can hear, Lager Alpschufung, are calling for the camp to be abolished. ABC, ABC, wonderful. ABC, ABC, wonderful. ABC, ABC, wonderful. Mommy, tell me, now go Europa. Wonderful. I go in this stuff, I see something. Wonderful. I go in this stuff, I see police. Wonderful. Some more refugees, big, big police. Wonderful. No problem, Oswald Peter. Laga Abschaffen. Laga Abschaffen. Talk to the women, please. They feel so isolated. Show your solidarity, please. We are one, let's fight together. Solidarity for all women, solidarity for refugees, solidarity for all. Yes, social distance is a privilege. Yeah, get yeah, on. We also have seen like uh, so many measures has been given out what people can do uh, to prevent this uh, virus, the COVID-19 virus, and one of it was social distancing. And we have been asking ourselves how can women, uh, in the, how can people who are refugees who are in the camp, uh, over 500 refugees in the camp, how can they social distance? They are sharing the same rooms, they are sharing the, the same amenities which are given there. Uh, and we have been asking ourselves and uh, we have been uh, like having our hashtag uh, social distancing is a privilege because we felt that uh, this is next to impossible in these lagers. And uh, when also the people who give this rules or the authorities who give out the measures do they consider like the refugees are there measures that they are, uh, they take maybe to try and move these refugees to safer places like the empty ho hotels and guest house which are not used <coughs> in this moment but we have not seen any case single case of this happening uh, they are still staying in the camp uh, the the virus is still affecting them yesterday we were in uh, in Henningsdorf and like a bus came and took like 25 people from inside who were who had tested positive and the the, the lager has been in quarantine over now over a month and still yesterday they said like two weeks there was Still continue, which is not even the limit. They are not sure if the quarantine will continue after these two weeks. And the question is, are refugees also not human? Even though the entire camp has been put under quarantine, things like masks haven't been made available to the people there. Not only that, but with people unable to leave to go do their shopping, the women have been without sanitary towels and diapers for their babies. Jane and the others talk about going to deliver supplies to the camp in Henningsdorf, just outside of Berlin. They don't have the mask. Yeah, they didn't have the mask. And this is the camp where they are reporting every day there are cases of positive people testing positive. And but there is no one had like protection. And we said, oh, then the women came and uh, we gave the, our things through the security personnel. And yeah. also there are people who had donated for us like this disinfectant and masks and we yeah. gave them and they, are, they were very happy. Because they have to observe the 1.5 metre distance, the women, Jane and the others who've brought the supplies to the people in the camp, have decided to write placards to show them. Then yeah. the, because we couldn't 
well because of the distance. Uh, we, we thought it's good to write what we feel and show them the placards of the solidarity through the mm. pens and we did mm. this and uh, the police were, were behind us and they were watching and they never told us anything from the beginning because we met them there and we yeah. did everything but the, when the women received the things uh, the excitement was too much and then there was like more engaging and the women were like getting hyper because of happiness and uh, they were really happy we finished and we want to leave. And then the police surrounded us and they said, you removed this, uh, you wrote these placards for solidarity. This is demonstration. And we said, no, come on. And we were like, why you didn't ask us before you were here? You waited then for us to make a crime, then you arrest us. It doesn't make sense because they were there. It's good they could have told us please uh this is forbidden what you want to yeah. do a demo and it's forbidden but they waited for us to do everything and then we had to stay for uh with uh arguing with the police there over two hours and uh the people there inside got also more hyper and we are our technique team is trying to see how we can share the videos and the photos of what happened because they started also demonstrating from inside and uh they felt yeah why all these and why be in this situation and even people who come to visit they are like the women discuss why the police would wait until they have committed a crime in this case an unauthorized protest before saying anything they saw us and, and they couldn't stop us. But what they were saying, according to them, that you are in this country, we are supposed to know the laws. But I'm even sure if you're a citizen of your country, you cannot know all the laws, you know. Mm. So this is what they were saying, yes, the laws, German laws say this and this. So what kind of protection is this? Because police, they protect the citizen. And if they see somebody is doing a crime, before doing it, they are supposed to stop you. We had uh, kept this 1,5 meters distance uh, before the, the police and when they saw we have finished, they brought us together and there was no more this 1,5 1, 1, uh, 1, um, meter distance. Yeah. And we were like, oh, even the women who were coming from inside, there was no this one from a five distance and we said no uh, we have been having this uh, uh hashtag that uh, social distance is a uh, privilege and we saw it for for sure like there it can't happen it's mm -hmm. not possible there are so many like six houses and over 300 people there it's it's next to impossible and yeah. I have a question. Uh, yeah. When the police came to surround you, did they keep the distance? And did they have did they have the mask with them? Actually, yes. the first question they asked us was like, "Is is there anybody from you who was uh, under quarantine?" We said no. Is there anybody of you who is in, who was infected? We said no. Some had masks and others didn't have masks, but they surrounded us, even then they didn't have 1,5 meters. Yeah. So they also didn't observe the law. Yes. <laughs> Actually, also they didn't observe the law. Women talk about how the police do not observe the 1.5 meters distance measures and take details from all the women who came just to give supplies to those in the camp. Supplies they have not been able to get because of the mandatory quarantine for the whole place. Yeah, here the with the police, you can see like here, yeah. this was, was uh, like when they are finishing with us giving back our documents. They had already taken and we are being asked now about our addresses, our staying. Yeah. They had to prove things were going systematically. You know, you have to say where you are staying, you have to really give the address. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, that's now everybody. Like you can see here, these posters, uh, we just wrote like solidarity messages to the women and uh, this is what uh, the police called a demo. We never mm. talked, we only uh, wrote and, and it was like 
three-minute thing, even it was for our photo, we didn't intend anything, but uh, the, the police said this is just unregistered demo, and this is why uh, they, actually we were forbidden to go to, uh, to any near lager for 24 hours from yesterday, and now yeah. we are waiting to see after this 24 hours what will happen, if they send us letter or what will happen. We are waiting to see, but we were really shocked because we did nothing. And uh, if at all the authorities could have given the women everything and the women couldn't have complained and we couldn't have gone there. So we, we get back to them and we have been saying they don't get even um, the most basic needs. For those that are in the most precarious of situations, Corona has only contributed to their isolation. Rights that are barely being met in the best of times suddenly disappear. It does not, um, just because the corona happened does not mean that refugees suddenly do not have rights. We are all human beings, we also have rights. The right of, nobody should curtail your right of movement. Why should the whole camp be turned into a prison? Even yesterday we we gained more strength uh, after having this, you know, conflict with the police. And even maybe now this time we'll see the police, then we'll talk to them first and ask them if we are doing a crime or actually, you know, proceed. Yeah, so mm -hmm. this, yeah, yeah, this solidarity, uh, it's never stopped. So I'm glad and it's not just us. I mean, I know many groups, even individuals uh, who maybe you are watching or you are hearing or even please just show solidarity in the way you can. It is not just corona that is an issue for these women. Jane talks about how they cannot visit a doctor for other health problems. This includes pregnant women. They've also turned the Wi-Fi off in some of the camps, which means the people inside struggle to communicate with the outside world. Actually, the women there are told us they have no access to doctors because there are even some pregnant women. They don't yes. see the doctors. They don't go yes. for the atamin. There are women, a lot of women have kids. They don't go for their kids. Yeah. Uh, kinder, uh, kinder atamin. They don't mm -hmm. go and they don't come inside. So yes. uh, they have other problems, not only corona. They have other yes. health problems. But mm -hmm. this all is ignored and they are not going to the... It's not taken seriously, and at one point, even then, the Wi-Fi was dis disconnected, and uh, they could only use like bardos with the uh, handy bardos. But because they can't go outside, they can't buy like a uh, good haven, so they can't connect with anybody. And even uh, what they asked us was like, even when you are coming, please bring us like credit, good haven credit card, so that we yeah. can uh, install our internet, but still yeah. in the surrounding because it's uh, like, you know, we have been in these lagers and most of the lagers are in the forest. And so the network is so poor. A bit of a warning for the next part of the conversation, which talks about two women who died last year, one who committed suicide in protest of being deported. Close these lagers, we have seen what have happened to the, in these lagers, like, Last year, we lost our, it's one year since we lost our sister, Rita. We have seen like, uh, also like in one year, we, a woman committed suicide when suicide. the police were waiting in Potsdam. Maybe yeah. uh, Stephanie, you know this, when the yeah. police were waiting to deport her. So the traumas which have been there, being there, uh, have been going on in these lagers, the isolation, and we have been talking about these things. And we felt this COVID-19, this is the high time for the authorities to close all these lagers and accommodate refugees with dignity. Because yeah. of we have, as we have been saying, we know this lager is a booming business. It's a business done with us. Why should they trade with us? We are human beings. And actually, it's not only uh, in Henningsdorf, we have been... Jane mentions other camps near Hamburg and Munich, where they are struggling uh, to get through on the call because the internet isn't working there. Another woman joins the call and says she has heard of occasions where they are selling masks to refugees. All those people where they are working hard, they need to have the, uh, the mask to cover their face everywhere. But they have one camp here in Potsdam, so the social worker is selling the mask for them. They don't give them free. They're selling oh. the mask, for, for, for everyone. 
after five mm. years, they say, okay, three, three euros for everyone. The mask costs between ma- three to five matter. euros. Yeah, that's shocking. Yes. You can imagine that's there shocking. is a lot of things happening under the table. And uh, unless, uh, uh, until we bring this things out we will they will continue to to look upon down upon us to mistreat us how can you yeah. sell a mask to a refugee who is not even yes. working who is current even what is yes they are charging the local to get yes. from people who are in solidarity i'm i'm feeling like a lot like a bad caged like a caged bird that's one thing so i feel like i'm in a prison and uh, it's affecting my my brain like yeah, mm-hmm. my, yeah it's bringing some some psycho problems mm-hmm. yeah i would say like uh, all we need is solidarity uh, with everybody and to stay strong we know uh, this is a battle for everybody so we should support each other and help each other mm-hmm. yeah and I was grateful for yesterday. I saw the support, and it was really nice. Yeah, and also we, we were like we want to have a clear strategies. What what is going on? What are the criteria used to quarantine these people? Because sometimes the women are calling us, and we don't have the the answer because we don't know the criteria the the authorities are using. And our demand is. For, for them to uh, to provide like um, information in different languages, tell them what is happening. Uh, tell provide different languages uh, information on the measures they should take if one of them gets sick. You know, provide them with this mask. Provide them with this disinfectant and all abolish uh, abolish all these camps and like uh, accommodate them in like now the guest houses are not used uh, there are so many free room uh, rooms there are so many free hotels accommodate them in uh, in this situation and also like uh, these women uh, we in handling stuff we were shocked some women told us they are in this lager for over seven years it's a shock and uh the Azul process is still going on and we were like hey the bank also should start um like quickening the process because they are delaying the process and torturing the mind of these women and they are traumatized you can imagine seven years in this situation seven years with their children there the the health conditions and everything and they have no perspective of life they have lost the perspective because they can't navigate anything for seven years in the same situation in isolation it's horrible and so it's upon uh, uh, we are calling on the bump also to to quicken the azul process these women yes. are here because uh, uh, there are a lot of catastrophe europe and germany included did in the yard we know the treaties that are always made by these uh, powerful countries. And this is why we know that the fights which are going on in Syria and Iran, we know the contribution. We know Germany being the most, uh, the most um, country of uh, exporting the, war, the weapons. We know all this and, and still they don't, they don't feel responsible for us when we come here. Where do they want us to go? When they damage, it's up, today we want to tell them when they damage our our land, they expect more. They should not close their borders. Nobody close their borders for them going to Asia or Africa. Their, their passport has a privilege to do what they, they can do. And so when it's their turn to feel the taste of what they, they have caused, we are telling them to, to keep law and respect what they have caused we will come and we, we we are also asking for the borders to be opened freedom of movement freedom of residence right to come right to go right and
Latinoamericano, the Latin American bloc, was formed towards the end of 2019 from different leftist political organizations and activists who had been working in solidarity with popular struggles in Central and South America, as well as with political organizations of migrant, refugees, and racialized people in Germany. We firmly believe that building the spaces of resistance and solidarity is needed more than ever against the right-wing politics of fascism patriarchy, which are rising and surging in Europe, Latin America, and in general across the globe. We need to join forces and fight against them together. So all of these brought us together. Since then, we've been working in different campaigns and different ways which obviously when all these crises happened, we had to adapt as everybody else. Nevertheless, we recognize that um, as activists, we worry about bigger causes and try to do as much as we can. But we're also human. We need to take care of each other in order to keep working. We need to be fine ourselves too. And that means being fine emotionally and economically. We promoted even more in our growth the politics of care, understanding this as finding ways to be more present in each other's lives, share with each other moments like taking pictures, drawings, poems, thoughts, all of these um, somehow make us feel less lonely. So we try to just be for each other. And we even share a yoga class online between all of us. Economically, um, how we have taken different initiatives. Um, as an example, one of the initiatives is uh, looking for different ways of dealing with the economy, with our economies, looking to a more supportive way to build um, an economic. Another group has been mapping organization that would be giving us support, financial support in the case we need. So, as everybody else, we don't have we don't have to lose our houses or have something to eat. Some part of the work we do and is very important for us is um, the anti anti colonialism. So there were a few groups that we already had alliances with, and we were joined forces with them 
and support them with the campaign they launched. One of them was respect. They, there was a campaign, a global campaign in favor to legalize illegal immigrants. Respect in Berlin works with the illegal women and many of them have lost their job and had no protection from the government because they just the government just simply doesn't recognize them as citizens leaving them only with the full protection of organizations respect in english the campaign is called pepes for all and in english it's called no, in Spanish is um, regularization, yeah. Another campaign uh, on May the 8th was against fascism. We promoted and we wanted to echo our voices as migrants who have been racialized, and many of us have suffered from it. We are fighting for a war where no one has to suffer from fascism, not here not anywhere else. We're fighting for that no one has to go through that again. As per our territories back in Latin America, previous to the situation, the situation uh, in many of the countries has been very bad, like um, liberal, neoliberalism, fascism, racism has um, risen. We thought they left, but they have come back with them stronger than ever. And governments are using this crisis to just honey light on them. deny people of their dreams and hopes. As an example, in Ecuador, the government has just got the expenditure in education and health, has fired 25% of public employees, has reduced salaries, and firing people. people that has already nothing to eat, not even medical access with all of this. Um, They're even in worse conditions than ever. In Bolivia, as another example of repression, um, police are rioting, rioting in indigenous territories. Women pledging to the militaries to please let them go back to work because if they are not going back to work they will not have food to feed their kids and feed themselves images of desolation and pain are the things that we are receiving from there in venezuela the embargo imposed by the u.s has had already horrible consequences and now it's um, the situation is obviously worse than ever. Um, people are queuing for gasoline, <laughs> which is an irony because petrol is um, a natural resource that is in abundance there. These are just simply example, not simply. These are examples of how people are struggling there and they are fighting and they are at the moment not even fighting for a better quality of life they are fighting for food they are fighting for having a future, they are fighting for not dying of hunger. 
So there are many demonstrations at the moment in all of these places and uh, it only shows that people rather die of hunger in the streets fighting than die alone in their houses without no hope. No hope for them, no hope for future generations. Because at the moment, all these uh, fascist and neoliberal governments are not going to change. And the only thing that will stop them is the people, the people's fight. Being so far for us, um, it's quite hard and we are full of anger and isolation, but at the same time, we are we have hope. We have hope that um, actions such as a crowdfunding, um, chats and conferences over Zoom explaining the current situation in Ecuador, Venezuela, and all these territories will get to our territories and show them that they are not fighting alone, that we might not be close to them physically, but we are there in our spirit. We're close to them. We're fighting with them. I would like just to say that I would love people to remember that the problem and the end in all of this crisis hasn't been the virus itself. The problem, the biggest one, the biggest problem has been this authoritarian governments, neoliberal politics, the dishonest and ruthless politicians. And that the only solution lies on us, in us realizing that anything we do here will have an effect someone to someone somewhere else. That the system that we live in cannot help us. I will do nothing to do so. And only us, the people, only us can help each other. in Nigeria, from Jane and Doris and Sarah in the refugee camps in Berlin, from Esther and Lydia, from Jack at the Latin Americano block. Um, you can find all of their different projects, you just Google them, um, International Justice Mission, Latin American block, uh, the one in Lagos, which is the Lagos COVID-19 Prevention Hygiene Project. And if you want to tweet about or on social media put anything like talk about this episode and share it we'd really appreciate it because the issues here are super important you can use the hashtags decolonize corona crisis uh, leave no one behind and solidarity is a privilege um so that's it for today i hope you enjoyed this episode i certainly found it super interesting and informative to edit and i'd like to do more on solidarity as love so if you have any more thoughts about it then uh, get in touch you can find me as usual on as kate checker on facebook instagram and twitter um or you can email me at love in the time of podcast at gmail.com all right have a lovely week stay safe stay sane <laughs>